Now over the last few weeks we've been doing our series in Luke's Gospel and looking at these two verses in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And over these past three weeks we have thought about good news causing great joy. And last week we thought about how that good news of great joy was for all the people. Now this morning we are moving into verse 11 of Luke chapter 2 where the angel says to the shepherds, Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. A saviour has been born to you. Now, of course, this baby being born in David's town, in Bethlehem, is significant. Because this, of course, was prophesied in the Old Testament that that when the Messiah came, it says in Micah, that he would be born in Bethlehem. Now, our focus this morning is a saviour has been born to you. Now, I wonder if you've ever thought that that was a strange phrase for the angel to use. Remember, the, the shepherds are out on Bethlehem's plain, They're looking after their their sheep as they had done probably hundreds and thousands of times before when this angel appears to them and gives them this message. And part of that message is a saviour has been born to you. I wonder if you've ever thought that's a really strange phrase. Because built into that phrase there is an automatic assumption, isn't there? And the automatic assumption is that a saviour is needed. Have you ever thought about that before? That a saviour is needed. You see, when the shepherds were listening to the angel's message, I wonder what would have happened if they, they heard that a saviour had been born and, and they, they stopped the angel speaking and said, hold on a minute, a, a saviour? But, well, why do I need one of those? You see, the assumption is that a saviour is needed. Now I suspect that these shepherds knew that they needed a saviour. And that's why they hurry off, they find the baby, and once they find the baby, they proclaim the news about him and they praise and glorify God. But imagine for a moment that the angel hadn't brought the message to the shepherds. Imagine that the message that a saviour had been born was brought to the Pharisees or brought to the teachers of the law. Do you think that they would have thought that they needed a saviour? What do you think? Hmm. Well, from the rest of the Gospels and Jesus' dealings with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, I suspect not. Because we know that they thought they were righteous. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 5 that he has not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In other words, Jesus came to those who knew they needed him. Those who knew they were in need of a saviour. And as we come to this verse today, I simply want to ask you, if you were on Bethlehem's plains that night, and the angel appeared to you, and you were given this message about a saviour being born, what would your reaction be? Would you have raised an eyebrow and thought to yourself, well, this saviour must be someone else for someone else. 
can't possibly be for me. Or would your reaction have been the same as the shepherds? He would have hurried off, found the baby, and then praised God for what you saw and proclaimed the good news. What's your response? Now, your response to this question, actually, is very telling. Because if you say to yourself, either out loud or or in your heart, hold on a second. I don't really need a saviour. I'm okay. I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Certainly better than average. Not killed anyone, after all. If that's you, I would humbly suggest you've never understood Christmas. You've never understood Christmas. Never. You certainly will never have understood why Jesus came into the world. Because if you don't understand why Jesus came as Savior and why you need a Savior, then you'll never understand Christmas. I'm going to tell you all about that today and why it's so important. You see, while the world tends to tell us that we are generally good people, the reality is that none of us are perfect. And we know that, don't we? None of us are perfect. And of course, we are told that throughout the Bible and in the Scriptures, God is perfect. God is holy. He is pure. And He is so holy, He cannot even look upon sin. And so, if we think, you know, we're just all right. Well, I want you to think just for a moment, well, if you went to heaven, then heaven would suddenly be imperfect. How can that be? It cannot be, can it? God is so holy, he cannot even look on sin. And the fact is that we're all sinners, all of us. None of us can look to our left and right and say, ha, look at them and look at them. Because they're looking at us thinking, ha ha, look at them. Because we're all in the same boat, every single one of us. And it doesn't matter if you class yourself as a big sinner or a little sinner. We're all in the same boat. All sinners. Who because of our sin are estranged from God. And nothing we can do can pay for our sin. It's not like we can do more good deeds to outweigh our bad deeds. And and that will be enough. It doesn't work like that. And so the first thing we need to recognize is that we are sinners. And there's nothing we can do about this. We can't strive to be better. We can't work harder. We can't burn off our sin. We can't try to self-improve. In and of ourselves, we are helpless. We are weak. We're fragile. Now, sometimes we don't like to think about these things. You may think, oh, what a depressing message. Oh, don't worry. The good stuff's coming. You see, that's the, that's the plight we're in. That's the situation that we're in. And it seems pretty hopeless, doesn't it? And do you know something? That's because it is absolutely hopeless. Now, you might be scratching your head this morning and say, well, you were on just before about these candles and about, you know, one's hope, one's peace, one's joy, one's love. Where's that coming from? Don't worry, that's coming too. You see, the first thing we need to recognize about ourselves 
is that we are a sinner. If we don't recognize that, we won't see our need for a saviour. Now the whole joy of Christmas is despite us not being able to do anything to earn our salvation, to earn our way with God, despite there being no way to come into God's presence because he is holy, what happens? Something amazing. Something wonderful. Because God in his mercy reaches out to us. This is what happens at Christmas. And it's amazing, wonderful, dramatic. It's crazy when you think about it. Why would God do such a thing? And yet he does. Because when we were unable to save ourselves, God sends us a saviour. He sends us Jesus. And Jesus' name literally means he saves. Jesus comes as the saviour of the world. And he is the perfect saviour. Because he is fully man and yet he's fully God. He is the God-man. He is God's own son. He's fully, fully human. He experiences everything that we do, including temptation. And yet, he is the sinless saviour who comes to pay the price for our sin. You see, Jesus comes into the world and anyone, anyone who believes and trusts in him, Jesus takes the punishment for their sin. He pays the price. He looks at you. And he takes your sin upon himself so that you're made clean. You see, Jesus is the gift from God who can truly take away our sin and who makes us clean and whole and and righteous in God's sight. Jesus is a gift of grace. And as we've already sung this morning, love came down at Christmas because Jesus is God's gift of love for you and for me you see Jesus is a saviour and he's the very saviour that we need and that's why Christmas is so exciting and so exhilarating you see we're, we're so easily pleased when it comes to Christmas sometimes aren't we We're pleased with our our wee bits of tinsel and our Christmas jumpers and the turkey and the the trappings of Christmas. And all these things are, are good things, aren't they? But for a moment, I just want you to look, look up and see what God has done. Look in the pages of Scripture and see the Savior that's been born. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's amazing. It's incredible. I want to tell you this morning is that this saviour is for you. This is God's great gift for you. If only you will accept him. You see, Jesus' message throughout the Gospels was that the kingdom of heaven was near and to repent and believe. And that's all we have to do. 
We have to come before this holy, almighty God and say, look, I've got it wrong. I am sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for letting you down. And I want to believe and trust in Jesus. Knowing that Jesus is a saviour. That's all we have to do. And if we want to know great joy this Christmas, then we acknowledge our sin, repent, and we believe. We believe in this wonderful saviour that God has given us in Jesus. A saviour has been born to you. I wonder, do you truly believe that this Christmas? Some of you here this morning have seen lots of Christmases. Many more than me. Sometimes we've become jaded, especially in these last couple of years with all that's happened. Oh, Christmas. It's not quite the same as it used to be. Listen, Christmas is exactly the same as it was 2,000 years ago. Because it's still about Jesus. Do you truly believe the Saviour? And the Saviour has been born to you. You see, God longs for you to come to him. He loves you so, so much. Yes, God is holy. Yes, God is awesome. Yes, he is great. But he's also so, so loving. Remember Luke chapter 15? The story of the prodigal son. The son who'd gone away from his father. Lived a riotous life. Run out of money. Ended up eating or you know, working with the pigs in the sty, longing to fill his be- belly with the pods that the pigs were eating, comes to his senses, decides to go home to his father, wants to say to his father, look, I'm really sorry, just take me as one of your servants. What happens? Well, we know that story, don't we? That as the man goes home, the father is already there looking. And the father's running towards his son, very undignified in those days and in that culture. And he runs towards his son. What does he do? Does he say, you're terrible? Shouldn't have done that. What does he do? He embraces him. Loves him. Gives him a purple robe. Ring on his finger. Tells the servants to slaughter the fattened calf. We're going to have a celebration. That's a picture for each one of us. When we come back to God, God says, come. I love you. I love you so much. I want you to be part of the family. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that message is for you? If God didn't care for you, or want you, or love you, He wouldn't have bothered sending a saviour. We wouldn't have had Christmas. He wouldn't have bothered sending Jesus. But he did. And not just any saviour, but his only begotten son. That's how much he loves you. Now if you're a Christian here today, it's wonderful, isn't it? To be reminded of these great truths and the great gospel hope that we have in Jesus And if you've lost your way a wee bit or or you've been distracted by other things, and and let's be quite honest, we've all been distracted by other things during these past 20 months or so, haven't we? 
if we're distracted with all that's happening in our world and in our nation, it's good for us to be reminded of what's of eternal significance and what really matters and what truly gives hope and joy and peace and love. And if you're not a Christian here today, and if you know in your heart of hearts that you've been saying to yourself, what do I need a saviour for? I simply ask you today, do you truly think you can save yourself? Do you truly think that? You see, if Jesus didn't come as saviour, then this whole story will not make any sense to you. The whole Christmas story will make no sense to you. If you think you're not a sinner, this story will make no sense to you. If you don't realise who Jesus is, then Christmas will always be destined to be an empty shell, a one-day holiday, and nothing more. If you do realise that you're a sinner before a holy God, then hear this message today. It's a wonderful, amazing, awesome message. Because the angel says to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This message is also for you this morning. So metaphorically, I encourage you, go to Bethlehem. Go and find this child. And when you find him, share the good news and glorify and praise God for what you've seen. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Loving Lord God, as we look at this verse today about a saviour being born in Bethlehem, Perhaps it's never really struck us before that the fact that a saviour was born might be a strange phrase. That the shepherds might have raised half an eyebrow, wondering why they would need a saviour. And yet the fact that you brought that message to these shepherds shows that they probably knew that they needed a saviour. Heavenly Father, in our lives, sometimes We live out our lives in a way that suggests that we don't really need a saviour. That we're quite happy doing our own thing. In some ways we're happy just to please ourselves. But Father, help us to see the reality this morning. That you are a holy, awesome and perfect God. And that we are imperfect. That we fall far short of your glory. And Father, as we recognize that, we pray that we would understand that we need a Savior, that we desperately need a Savior, so that we might come into your presence, so we might have the hope of heaven, that we might have the hope of peace, and that we might know your love. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that at Christmas we celebrate Jesus coming into the world the saviour of the world, this great gift of love, that we might be part of your family, that we might know forgiveness, 
that we might know freedom from guilt and shame, and that we might have life, life in all its fullness, and life everlasting. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are believers in Christ today, and especially if any of us have lost our way, if we've become lukewarm about you, if we've been so taken up with the trappings of Christmas that we've forgotten it's all about Jesus, Father, remind us again of your great love. Remind us of this great gospel message. And for anyone who's listening to this message today, either here in the building or watching online, who really knows in their heart of hearts that they've never really thought about putting their faith and trust in Jesus, I pray that you would give them the courage to do that today, that they might know their sins are forgiven, that they might know hope and life and love. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us through your word today. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.